celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. If this was TV, you would see Roro right now on top of Lori's lap, licking her to death. I'm concerned about you. Can you get a, are you able to breathe, Lori? Well, you know, I, you think obedience school would have helped him. It would have helped if we'd have gone. <laughs> He's a typical bulldog. He's a lover is what he is. He really is, yeah. On the show today, a couple of great animal lovers. I have a friend who's a Boy Scout, and he's working on this project to help the animals. He's 17 years old. And I said, we got to get you on the show. So he's going to be coming on in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Very excited whenever there's a young kid getting involved with animal welfare. Yeah. Also on the show, drones. When you think of drones, you think of maybe the military. Maybe you think bad of... Bad things. That, usually bad things. Yeah, like, like Big Brother watching you. There's, I think of peeping toms. Yeah. <laughs> there's a guy, there's a senior. Where is he located? Florida? In Florida. He is in Florida. Senior in Florida. His hobby is drones, and he figured out how to make drones work for the animals. And uh, we'll find out in just a few minutes what his story is all about. Also, Robert Semro with five dangerous household hazards for your pet birds. If you have a bird, you want to listen up uh, because Robert's going to... I don't know if he has a bird, but Joey has a bird, and I believe they've uh, worked on the list together. So these are all important tips that you'll need to be listening for in just a few minutes. Right here on Animal Radio. Lori, what are you working on for this hour? Well, you've heard of Grumpy Cat. And you know how how cute Grumpy Cat is. Well, now there is a dog that has, has found a home thanks to his new hashtag, Grumpy Dog. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing. Okay. That's on the way. Uh, let's go to the phones for Dr. Debbie and for Joey Volani right now. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. Uh, don't forget you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. And we go to Nancy. Hi, Nancy. Hey, how are you? Very good. Where are you calling from today? I'm calling from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Ann Arbor, Michigan. The glove state. That's, that's yeah. how <laughs> Or the mitten state, yes. The mitten state, it. okay. Yeah, I guess gloves would have fingers, wouldn't they? <laughs> no fingers, yes. <laughs> so how can we help you? I have Dr. Debbie here and Joey Volani. Hi. I am wondering how I can get her to stop digging holes. She is a master excavator and um, <laughs> is uh, quite talented at doing it quickly, too, to the point where she can slide right under the fence before you even can get to her. And, wow. of course, she she kind of looks back and goes, see ya. <laughs> and I didn't catch. What kind of dog is she? She's a, well, she, she was a rescue dog, but we think she's a little bit of pit bull, maybe a little bit of, um, uh, I want to say shepherd. It, it's, a, it's a blend. It's, it's hard to say, mm-hmm. but she's, she's about 40 pounds and um, kind of has the coloring maybe of a shepherd or a rottweiler. But mm-hmm. uh, she's, she's, we call her soft dog because she's very smooth. <laughs> uh-huh. All right. All right. And how old is she? Oh, uh, she's about eight. Okay. So she's an, she's an older gal. Has this been a problem all throughout her life, or is this just something oh, she's yeah. doing now? Well, we think she was a street dog. You know, she uh, was a rescue, like I say, and from um, more of like the inner city area. So we don't know what was, but she's very street smart. Mm-hmm. So okay. she, she gets digging... her own way. And the digging probably served a good purpose for her before you found her and she entered your world because I bet, yeah. Yeah. And, and the important thing when we talk about digging is that, you know, this is a normal dog behavior. 
That's the first thing we have to recognize. It's it's cool. not a behavior that they're doing and making up some new behavior. This is a normal investigative behavior that mm-hmm. dogs do. So the problem comes when a dog does it excessively or in an inappropriate situation. So the the really the couple big points that we have with digging is first recognizing it's going to happen. So some school of thought is to actually give an appropriate dig spot, and that can be in the form of a uh, like a sandbox that you either fill with sand mm-hmm. or, or um, with uh, you know potting soil of some sort, and then you can actually put toys in there and allow the dog to dig it out. Reward them when they dig in that place, and then um, you know monitor so she doesn't do that at another point in another um, spot in the yard. Um, I personally try not to encourage the behavior. I have a dog that has like feet like shovels, and given the opportunity, um, she will get down to about a foot within about a minute or two. And so yeah, I know I the power dig- of the digging. I could, I've seen it firsthand. So you do kind of have to watch, I think, with some dogs because it is an enjoyable behavior, and they get a lot of satisfaction out of it. So the way to really combat this is a couple things. One is that we want to limit her access and her opportunity. So that means that she's not a dog that I would allow out unattended outdoors um, because if she has the opportunity to dig, she's already getting that positive reinforcement for that, and you're not going to be able to stop it after the fact. Right. So really making sure she's under leash control or, or human supervision at all times is really important. Set her up yeah. to succeed, not to fail. Then the next things that we do are really kind of put her through a whole regimen of um, increasing her activity level. So taking this girl running, jogging, if she can tolerate it, um, playing ball, um, getting out, having play dates with other animals if it's appropriate, exhausting her physically because digging is an activity that she will fill her day with if she has nothing else to do. So your job is to find opportunities and activities that you can get her to do that are going to make her more physically tired, as well as mentally tired. So things like even practice obedience, doing leash walk and, you know, practicing tricks and commands, those kind of things take a lot of mental energy. And that actually can be more exhausting than some of these physical things that you can do. But Mm, that has to be a concerted effort every single day. Um, along with the supervision. And then, you know, some of the other stuff would be, uh, you know, working on deterrence. Um, if there's particular areas, you can try, some folks will try putting larger rocks in the areas, uh, you know, where the hole, holes are dug, uh, barrier fencing, you know, different things like that, as long as, mm-hmm. you know, she can't hurt herself on things like chicken wire or other types of structure that you could put in those areas. Um, oh, okay. But for me, it's all—it's really all about um, supervision and just wearing this girl out. That would be my main wishes for you for for helping with this. Those are great suggestions. Yes, thank you. All right. Well, good luck. And and like I said, I know I know I can see those holes <laughs> in my—they don't happen in my yard because I do watch my dog pretty closely. But my in-laws, boy, my Nikki, <laughs> she can dig a hole in no time. <laughs> Well, I was thinking about maybe putting to work in the garden where I need some excavating done. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Reward her for when it is appropriate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good ideas. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, Nancy, for your call. Toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five to reach out to Doctor Debbie. By the way, check out her books: Yorkshire Terriers, Shih Tzus, Pugs, Mini Schnauzers, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend. Those are four different Kindle books over at Amazon, and we have links from AnimalRadio.com. Hi, Darlene. Hello. Welcome to the show. I have Dr. Debbie right here. What's going on? Um, I have a little uh, Shizu, and she's like three and a half years old. And next week, she's getting ready to have her third surgery for bladder stones. 
Oh, and after no. the surgery, I was wondering if there's anything besides the special foods that she's getting that I could do to help her keep from getting them back. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, my. That's quite the repeat offender there when it comes to bladder stones. Yes. Wow. Now, fun. do you know what, what kind of stone that she's had the problem with? I don't remember. They're little round, smooth ones, though. She gave me a okay. jar of them when the last surgery. <laughs> it was like a half a little <laughs> prescription jar full. They're little, little smooth little. ones conversation item there when you pull it out a and you're having a party hey these are my dog stones and then you pull another right. one out and then the third one out wow um well it's going to really depend on what kind of stone that she has um because there's very different approaches to um managing um these different types of stones um some of the more common one in shih tzus can be calcium based stones on the other end of the spectrum, they can have phosphorus-based stones as well. Um, and then there's oodles of other ones as, as well. Um, so that is very important information in order to fully answer your question. Um, but, but in general, yes, there are definitely some other strategies, and I think I would definitely go looking further. Um, one of the main things, that the biggest goal when we're trying to prevent bladder stones is we want to... Uh, make the urine more dilute. And that is commonly one of the goals of special diets for bladder stones. Um, we can go even further than this. And if I see a pet's urine sample and it's really not below 10, 20 in specific gravity, I'm going to add in some ways to get them uh, more uh, water in their diet. That might be, you know, adding in things like ice cubes that are flavored with maybe uh, a little bit of, uh, you know, chicken broth in there. Um, that's one strategy, um, watering down food or going to a can variety can help to increase water intake. And then there's even something I sometimes use called hot dog soup, which is basically uh, where you take some hot dogs, you boil them in the uh, microwave and, and let the fat, the flavor kind mm. of get into some water. Mm. Mm. <clears throat> it's good. And that you can then dress the food with that, and that also helps to stimulate them to, to take in more water. Um, so that would be my number one recommendation, um, without knowing all, everything we need to know about those stones. Um, and then uh, if, in fact, your puppy dog has the calcium-based stones, then there's often a lot of other conditions that we'll go looking for. Um, because sometimes those pets can have high blood calcium levels that can be related to other health conditions. Um, so doing some lab work would be important. Um, sometimes checking for certain diseases like Cushing's disease or checking their lipid levels, things like that can be very helpful in seeing if there's an underlying problem. Um, and eating a special food from the vet, it's, for, it's low fat and a diabetic and gastrointestinal food. Definitely. I'd say let, let's find out what kind of stone, and I can definitely give you some even some alternate diet recommendations if I know what particular type we've got. Now, the other thing is on that other end of the spectrum, those phosphorus-based stones, they are um, commonly associated with urinary tract infections. And there are dogs with that type of stone that we need to really address the chronic low-grade urinary tract infection. So sometimes there are other factors. I had a little Shih Tzu the other day who she'd been through her second bladder surgery. And I looked at her and I discovered she had a little vaginal problem that was causing a chronic vaginitis, which was causing a low-grade urinary infection. So we're addressing that in a way to get ahead of the bladder stones, which are formed because of the infection in the bladder, which has been 
from the infection in the vaginal area. So it's kind of like this whole chain event. So give me a call back when you know what kind of stone that she has, because I'd be definitely happy to offer you some other um, diet tips that we might even be able to try. Dogs gotta go potty. Sometimes work, traffic, or bad weather get in the way. Introducing Brilliant Pad, the self-cleaning potty pad that automatically replaces a soiled pad with a clean, fresh one. Brilliant Pad seals in waste, locks away odor, and is hands-off for weeks at a time. Then disposal is fast, easy, and clean. Brilliant Pad gives you freedom and flexibility and improves hygiene for you and your dog. So spend less time cleaning and more time loving. Go to BrilliantPad.com today. We can't tell you why canine caviar is the only alkaline-based dog food, but we can tell you alkaline is proven to minimize the risk of renal failure and pancreatitis, reduce scratching, cellular degeneration, and disease, keeping your furry friend youthful and healthy longer. And those are the reasons we can fit into this short commercial. But by visiting caninecaviar.com, you'll see exactly what we do to make a better food for your dog. Try the one and only alkaline dog food risk-free. Canine Caviar. It's Animal Radio. We're all animals here, including Roro. Ro- is, that, <laughs> is that Roro making the noise, or is that Joey's stomach? It's my Ro-ro. stomach. <laughs> <laughs> His stomach is better trained than Roro is. In just a few minutes, Robert Semro with five dangerous household hazards for pet birds. You want to be listening for that, Joey, because, of course, you have. Okay. He probably knows them all. Yeah, you probably wrote the list. <laughs> As far as I know, you're, you're like the the expert. You should be the bird father, is what you should be. Not a lot of people know that. You're... Bird, bird man. Bird you know? man, okay. Bird man, yes. Yes, that goes over better. In a few minutes, we're going to be talking to a Boy Scout. Is he an Eagle Scout or a Boy Scout? Is Are they two different things? We'll I find out. I don't know anything about that. I never was a Boy Scout. So I guess you were never one. I was, now, huh? no, never a Boy Scout. They <laughs> me me neither. Let, yeah. I was a brownie, but I never made it to Girl Scouts. So why do Boy Scouts sell cookies? I don't know. That's what I want to know. Yeah. I, I Capitalize. Well, you already got the Girl Scouts doing it. They need something different. They should sell, like, brownies <laughs> or something. Well, this Boy Scout, Alex Cantero, he's going to be on in just a few minutes, and he's 17 years old, and he's doing something pretty darn amazing for the animals. Also, next hour, how are drones now affecting the search for lost pets? Ooh. There's a guy who actually oh, has a... cool. Isn't that cool? That is. Yeah. Uh, he has a drone service. And he'll tell us about it in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Wow. What are you working on in the newsroom there, Lori? Uh, Robert is helping me. Yeah. He's upset that I'm, I'm sitting at my studio counter and there's no room for him, like at a couch. Hey! Get out! <laughs> 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 he tried to leap onto my lap. Thanks, Ro. Uh, coming up, we have for you, the AKC is out with their uh, list of the top 10 dog breeds in the U.S., and uh, we're going to give you the, all of them, 1 to 10. Okay, that's on the way. I imagine the labs would probably be in there somewhere, but we'll find They have it. been on there. They uh, have labs been. have been on the list for a long, 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 long time. Long time. But uh, we will find out which, or I'll see if you know, maybe you guys will have time to Google it, if you can tell me which dog has been on the, the list every decade since the founding of the AKC. Okay, there you go, a little trivia Think coming up for you right okay. here on Animal Radio. Hey, listen up. Animal Radio is brought to you by Brilliant Pad. 
Get this, you don't need to rush home anymore to let the dog out. Introducing Brilliant Pad. It's the self-cleaning potty pad that automatically replaces a soiled pad with a clean, fresh one. Learn more over at BrilliantPad.com today. And thanks, Brilliant Pad, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hello, Animal Radians. It's Robert Semro, your Pet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio list, Five Dangerous Household Hazards for Pet Birds. Birds are really remarkable pets that can fill a home with love, laughter, and entertainment. They're interactive and intelligent, but unfortunately, they're also susceptible to household dangers that are very common in many homes. So I thought I'd share some of these dangers that exist before they bring harm to a pet bird in your life. Tragically, birds are very susceptible to toxic fumes and air from a variety of areas in your home. Many are surprised to learn that non-stick and Teflon-coated frying pans can emit a toxic gas that can kill a pet bird. Additionally, fumes from household cleaners, deodorizers, and sprays can equally be as dangerous. It goes without saying, though I'm going to say it for my bird friends, vigilance and an abundance of caution must be used around your bird and their habitat. They're very sensitive to these small amounts of toxins and the effects can occur quickly. Next is the danger that occurs when birds are allowed to fly with unclipped wings around the home. Sadly, each year we hear stories of birds being let out of their cage to stretch their wings and they fly themselves right out an open window or door and their owners are devastated. Additionally, birds can fly around and land in troublesome areas that can harm them like stoves or fly into a ceiling fan, mirrors, or even very clean windows. The damage is severe and it can easily be avoided. Next up is foods. Toxic foods like chocolates, garlic, onions, and more can be very harmful to your bird's system. Again, if your bird is allowed out of its cage, you have to watch them like a, well, you know what I was going to say. The area that your bird has access to will be explored, and this can lead to problems if they get into human foods. Make it a must-do to know what human foods your bird can and can't have. And remember that sharing food or using your utensils to cut a bird's food up is also dangerous as we can pass on dangerous bacteria and other organisms that can put a bird's life at risk. It should go without saying, but medications left around where a bird can get to them and ingest them are a tragic occurrence. Keep your medications in a safe area and only take them in that area. Finally, and this comes from the can't we all just get along files, Birds are especially susceptible to danger from other pets, kids, and strangers in the home. Everyone is fascinated by birds. Unfortunately, dogs and cats in particular are hazards that, intentionally or not, can cause great harm to your bird. And kids and strangers are also fascinated, but it's your job to make sure that their interactions with your bird are safe. Share your pet bird safety tips on our Animal Radio Facebook page. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Cats can be so finicky, but a cat taking a trip on a ship bound from China to England survived only on condensation and cardboard. The little white cat jumped in a box of cooking ware and survived a 26-day journey in a sealed crate. She was found by surprised workers at a crockery supplier who were unloading the boxes and promptly named Chairman Meow. 
Chairman Miao was fed, vaccinated, and quarantined at a local animal center, where she's enjoying being petted and fussed over. She'll soon be ready for a new home with food. Any kind of cat food would be fine. And I thought airline food was bad. I'm Brit Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. All dogs should eat a pH-balanced alkaline diet. An alkaline diet reduces health risks and can also reduce scratching, shedding, and hot spots. So does this mean you need to check your dog's pH balance? No, because canine caviar has created the first and only alkaline dog food that is pH-balanced. It also has the highest metabolized calories. What does this mean? Your dog needs to eat less. Get a healthier dog and save money with Canine Caviar products. Find them at your local pet supply store or online at caninecaviar.com. I am the family dog, and it's that time of year again. The one where pet parents start looking for Fido-friendly hotels and destinations where Fido is welcome. Make no bones about it. Pets are part of the family, and we like to sniff out new places too. And we hate to be turned away, especially when we're on our best behavior. So we won't be left out in the cold. Be sure to pick up a copy of Fido Friendly Magazine to find the best hotels and destinations where Fido is always welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. Labrador Retrievers have extended their record run as America's most popular dog breed for the 26th year in a row. This as the American Kennel Club's new rankings are out now. But Rottweilers are enjoying more popularity again at their highest point on the list in almost 20 years. So let's go down the complete top 10 for you. Like we said, labs are there at number one followed by the second most popular breed in the country, German Shepherds. Golden Retrievers come in at number three. The fourth most popular breed is the English Bulldog, and then Beagles and French Bulldogs are at five and six. Poodles take seventh place on the list of the most popular dog breeds in America, followed by Rottweilers in eighth place. Yorkshire Terriers come in at number nine, and Boxers up there to round out the top ten. Some of the other breeds making some sizable popularity gains in the past decade. Siberian Huskies that are up uh, from 25th to number 12 on the list. Great Danes going from 24th to 14th, and Australian Shepherds from 34th to 16th. That's a big jump. And also keep an eye on the Belgian Malinois. Mm-hmm. Which on the list jumping from number 90 to 47, that is, uh, as it becomes really increasingly visible in the country as a police dog. They look a lot like German Shepherds. Yeah, they definitely. I have a hard time telling them apart, especially when they're puppies. But they're very pretty. So I, I have a little trivia question for you. What is the only breed to rank in the top 10 every single decade since the AKC was founded. That was back in the 1880s. I have guess. to say the lab. lab yeah. yeah. German Shepherd. No. Ah, it's uh, the Beagle. The Beagle. Wow. Oh, Beagles. Wow. You know what's funny about your list? What? The top three 
are three of the of the dogs that most groomers will cringe because of temperament <laughs> problems. And I'm serious. And the Golden Retriever is one of them because we all hear how great Golden Retrievers are. And it's funny because this is a topic among groomers of you really? know, what, what, what kind of Golden Retrievers are we getting. And especially Labs and German Shepherds. Their German Shepherds was a breed that I stopped grooming because of aggressiveness. Wow. Really? Same thing with Labs. Labs, Labs are... Especially in the first two years of that adolescent stage are difficult. You know, they're big dogs. Um, so when, when, when they're, you know, flaunting their weight around, you know, they let, they let you know. But they are on the aggressive side, um, when, when, when we're grooming them. Like I said, wow. those three breeds, we're, we're not real happy when somebody calls up. And especially, especially, like I said, German Shepherds, I banned from my salon because I had too many problems. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that's all of them. Huh. And we're going to get a lot of calls from callers. You can send those complaints to... Not my German Shepherd. My lab, heck no. <laughs> you know what? They all say that, and we used to videotape it. Especially when phones, um, you know, when you could tape on your phone, they would say, no, not my dog. And I say, well, here, go check this out. <laughs> Um, maybe you like grooming cats better, Joey. There's a really cool cat, and this cat is so smart, and, you know, you can't go online without watching cat videos, right? This cat has mastered the old switcheroo cup or ball gambling trick. It's pretty much known as the shell game where you put a ball under, you know, three or four different cups and you switch them all around. So this cat, his name is Snow, can consistently identify which one of, I think, up to five cups contains the small plastic ball after they've been shuffled and shuffled around so much that I went cross-eyed that I can't keep track. Mm, they probably so, can smell it. Smell it, or maybe they have such great hearing, maybe it hears it hit the side of the cup, but we can't. Mm. It's amazing. I mean, there's got to be something, because, you know, it's like magic. There's got to be a trick somewhere. But his owner has posted several videos that show him watching the shuffling cups before he quickly, I mean, he just goes, whoom, you know, kind of puts his <laughs> paw on top of it, knocks the cup over, and the ball rolls out. Every single time. He is really a, a cute cat. He's known, of course, for that ability to pick the ball from underneath the cup. As many as five cups, they do say. Uh, his Instagram, by the way, also features him dressed in some really handsome sweaters. So he's a well-rounded dog. And he wears some other clothes as well. But he's got this really cool He's a real rounded cat dog or cat? cat. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> he's a well-rounded cat. <laughs> but... Um, you've heard of cat in a hat, right? Sure. Well, snow on his belly has the shape of a cat in his fur. Wow. <laughs> you know, some cats have like a heart or a dot. Sure. Or, you know, sure. you can make out a shape. Very cool. Adorable cat. <laughs> now, an adorable dog, because I'm into adorable animals and probably spend too much time online looking at them. <laughs> now, you've heard of Grumpy Cat, right? Sure. We all have. So now I, I have a story for you of a not-so-happy-looking but adorable dog who has finally found a home after winning hearts online in his role as Grumpy Dog. <laughs> his Aww. name... Yeah, it was Sheldon, and sadly he was brought into an Arizona animal shelter a few days before Christmas last year, but his grumpy face didn't get him any new homes in time until a volunteer shelter photographer took some really cute pictures of Sheldon showcasing that sweet, special, unique look, let's call it. So Sheldon's photos were shared online everywhere. People love the photos, and he quickly earned the hashtag Grumpy Dog. 
And then uh, those pictures found his way onto the computer or phone of his new mom, who saw those photos and rushed to the shelter the very next day to adopt him. So now Sheldon has a new home and a new name. His name is Kaz, and he also has five rescued cat siblings. Oh, how wonderful. And everyone's doing well. That good? Sheldon. Hopefully he'll be a, a, a millionaire grumpy dog. Just yeah. like Grumpy Cat. We'll have to post it. Yeah, we'll have to post his picture because it is really, I mean, he has a, a very similar face. Mm. Anyway, I'm Lori Brooks. You know, you can get more breaking animal news anytime at animalradio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. Hi, friends. This is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. As you know, going to the vet can be a traumatic experience for your pet, but it doesn't have to be that way. In fact, vet visits can be something your pet looks forward to. Introducing Fear Free. When your veterinarian is Fear Free certified, you will be assured your pet's vet visit is more free of fear, anxiety, and stress than ever before. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified, and it puts the treat into treatment. To find a certified Fear Free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com. Let's go to the phones and talk to Barry. Hey, Barry, how are you? I've got a wonderful question for you. Okay. It's going to save my life. Okay. How can I get my dog to stop barking when people come to our front door? Okay, I was waiting for the other shoe to drop because when you say, how do I get my dog to stop barking? It's like, barking is, there's joy in barking. Dogs enjoy it. It's the way they communicate. They do so much with it. There's the alert barking, territorial barking. There's, hey, mom, I'm happy to see you. Um, so there's a lot of reasons for barking. Um, if it's specifically to the context of when people are coming to the door, there are ways we can try to diminish that. Now, what kind of dog do you have, I should ask? He's a five-going-on-six-month-old Scotty. And he's got a okay. mind of his own. Oh, they do. Scottish Terriers are stubborn to all end. They really are. So some of the things that we would look at is really to um, kind of train him to not think that someone come to the door is a big deal. So what I like to do is, one, I like to teach um, a replacement behavior so that when someone does come to the door, he has an alternate behavior that we're going to do. And that may be something as simple as teaching him to go to a pillow um, and rewarding him at that pillow. Um, okay. So that's something that we want to practice when there's not a stimulation, there's not someone at the door. Um, so part right. of your training is really to give him a command to, if he knows his sit or his down, that'd be great because you can teach that to a pillow and reward it throughout the day. And, um, and he has to hold that. That's the other thing. So down, stay, and then like a wait or a stay. And then you release him at the end of that. So that's an important thing that's to good. have that skill down and work on that. Now, one important thing I do, I do like is sometimes when you go to give a treat um, and you walk over and put it by the pillow where he's been sitting, a dog will get up. So they do make little remote treat dispensers. They're basically activated and you have a little clicker. And when the dog does the behavior you want, you click and it dispenses the treat right next to them in a dispenser. So then the other thing you need to do is then really work on the things that are triggering the excitement when someone's at the door. So there may be a knock or you may have the doorbell. Ding dong. 
So those are sounds that attract a dog's attention, and they're going to bark just because, oh, what is that? So the ways that we're going to work around that is to try to get a visitor to come without involving any of those noises. And that means you have to plan for this ahead of time. Have friends, family members, and you're going to ask them to, hey, when you get close to the house, give me a call on the cell phone. Sometimes not the house phone, because then they'll pick up on that. And then just say, let me know when you're coming, and I'm going to open the door before you come in, I'm going to have my dog on a leash and we're going to practice our sit down and we're going to reward as soon as that person comes in. And that becomes the the positive thing. So we're rewarding for someone entering and there's no sound associated with that. Then we'll work up to where maybe we'll just have the person come to the door without any doorbells or knocking and you open it after they've arrived. And then as long as we're not overly reactive, we're not barking, we're not getting worked up, then we reward that behavior. So if we right. go along this pathway and, you know, we're getting a lot of barking, we want to, we want to have calm, quiet visitations. So I can tell you it, at my house, this happened last night. <laughs> my brother-in-law came over for dinner and my dogs love him. So they see him through the door. They're barking. So I go to grab the doorknob and the barking goes crazier. So what did I do? I stepped away from the door, looked at the dogs, made them get into a down stay and waited to open the door until they were quiet. So if they're carrying on, we don't want to reward them with seeing that visitor. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten-free. Hi, everybody. This is Frankie Avalon, and I love animal radio. Keep listening. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. And yes, we will head back to those phones right after this. Toll free at 1-866-405-8405. So go ahead, call now, and Judy will get you all queued up to talk to Dr. Debbie or to Joey Villani. Uh, right now, Boy Scout, is, is this is he a Boy Scout or an Eagle Scout? Uh, let, let's find out. First of all, uh, let's welcome Alex Quintero, Quintero to the uh, radio waves here at uh, Animal Radio. Hi, Alex. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. Now, are you a Boy Scout or an Eagle Scout? I'm still oh. a Boy Scout. I'm getting to Eagle. Okay, so there are they like different levels? Uh, yeah. It's uh, first, it's uh, Tenderfoot, then second class, first class, Star, Life, and then Eagle. Okay, wow. and you are 17 years old. Am, am I correct? Yep. Tell listeners what you're doing. So I'm the Boy Scout, which is from Troop 39 in the Grand Canyon Council of District uh, 66. So my Eagle Project I'm working on is Animals Are Family Too. So uh, my Eagle Project is about teaching the community how to love their pets because the animals are family too, and they should be treated like they're a part of the family. Uh, and they're not disposable. Here, here. I love that. This project is dear to my heart because I, I just love the animals there. You know, they're all, they're all playful and loving. Um, and my project is unique because it has become a way to live my life. 
I'm, I mean, I'm saving the lives of countless homeless animals. I'm, and I will forever promote the message. Animals are family too. I mean, every animal deserves a loving home. Well, I commend you. Now tell us exactly what are you doing for the Eagle Project? Do you, do you get food for them? Do you, what are like the day to day activities you would do for the project? So I've been collecting food and supplies for the pets. Uh-huh. Like, uh, just like anything like, Dog food, cat food, toys, like beds, blankets, and stuff. I've uh, I've also been just going to the Cochrane Main Association, uh, getting to know the dogs really well. You know, just taking them for walks and also grooming them so like they could look better, look better if people want to uh, adopt them. And I've also been providing supplies to the foster parents, like stuff they can use to take care of their foster dogs or cats and i've also been promoting dogs at the adoption events which is like like i've been promote at the toyota dealerships you know mm-hmm. and i've also been trying to promote them at PetSmart. and like i mean i'm also fostering a dog from the cocaine main association um his name is kodiak uh-huh. and, and um after and after my eagle project is complete i will uh, pretty much continue to foster dogs and teach people to love their pets by encouraging proper care for their animals. Mm. Do you feel like a role model? Uh, yeah. Well, it feels it feels great that people think of me as a role model. Uh-huh. And that I'm earning, and also that I'm earning my eagle rank. Just uh, all because like I'm doing something I love. Like, yeah, it was. Yeah, at first I wasn't really like expecting to become a role model. I thought it was just do like it would just be a project I would just do, but mm-hmm. it actually feels great. So, I mean, most projects are focused on uh, building or improving a structure that helps the community. Like if it was like a, just a big shed they're building or a fence, you know, mm-hmm. and like it would just usually take like a weekend or two or just two hours to finish a project. Uh, but my project has been going on for, from like January 1st to April, uh, and it will be going on to April 9th. It'll also be a lifetime project. For yeah, you. yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. 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 So, so you tell me, uh, that you have one dog at home, which is a foster animal. Is that correct? Yeah. A- any other animals at home? Uh, so I have two German shepherds. Uh, their names are Mark Anthony and Luna. Luna Quintero. Uh-huh. Uh, I used to have another German Shepherd named Cleopatra. Uh, <laughs> she she just died uh, two months ago. Oh, I'm sorry. 28th of January. Oh. Yeah, it it turns out like she was just getting so sick and weak. Her um, her body was just killing her blood cells, and the doctor said that they didn't know what was going on with her. Like, well, what was really wrong with her? They just said like her body just just kept on killing our blood cells and we were trying to like do whatever it took to like uh keep her alive but it was just getting worse and yeah we just thought we just have to put her down so that she won't go through any more pain sure yeah that's a tough decision to make yes it is yeah at such and, uh, a young age well yeah. i think all of us here in the studio we salute you we think what you're doing is amazing and we wish you the best of luck and especially spreading the word and getting uh, other teens to help out also yeah. Thanks for spending time with us today, Alex. 
You're welcome. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. You too. What a great kid. Yeah. I think he's pretty awesome. He sounds all grown up. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a great task for such a young kid to take on. Like you said, most Eagle projects you can do in a couple hours or a weekend, but his is going to be a few months, and plus it's going to be a lifetime thing for him. It's going to make a difference in his life and hopefully many other animals and many other people's lives. Yep. This healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. Always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. Hit them up over at RedBarnInc.com. And thanks so much, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hi, everybody. This is Deborah Wilson from Mad TV, and you're listening to Animal Radio. And as my friends would say, Geico presents a voicemail from your friend Bicycle. Uh, <laughs> hello, it's, it's, it's your bike here. So about last night, sorry, I kind of just ran off with that bike thief. I just want you to know it's not anything you did. And, and I'm not trying to make excuses here, but I do have wheels. They roll. Anyway, hope you're insured. Also, your stolen grill says, hey. When your stuff runs off, it doesn't pay you back. Luckily, the GEICO Insurance Agency makes getting coverage a snap. Visit GEICO.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. If you've ever lost a pet, you know the horror that goes through your mind. If they're okay, days of not sleeping, not eating. I've never Wonder- lost a pet. You've never lost a pet ever? No. Really? Had. Yeah, I've never lost a pet. Dr. Debbie, have you ever lost a pet? You know, I haven't, but there have been the moments where, you know, you forget that, you know, the dog was in one room and the door is shut and you think that they were left outside overnight uh-huh. or something, and, you know, and you just, <laughs> you have that pet, oh, she's yeah. sleeping upstairs, that's where she's at, okay. <laughs> but no, I, unfortunately, I've, I've not experienced that degree of, of yeah. any kind of loss. Like I've that. had my cats get out, but I was there and I ran out and chased them around the neighborhood. That happens every day. Yeah. What about you, Lori? <laughs> have you ever lost I, a pet? I can't tell you how many times, uh, one of our cats, Jackie, ended up in a room, and the next day you go, um, it's been really quiet. Yeah. And, you know, you, you had to, like, retrace every single step you made the day before because she was in some closet or some cupboard yep, yep. Or somewhere. That happens to me, too. But uh, I have lost a pet. It's a horrible feeling. And you usually have to go put up the uh, signs on the posts. And in this day and age, you can go to all kinds of online resources, too. And you have to check the local shelters. Oh, I remember going back and forth to the shelters to see if my animal had been checked in. It's a it's a long process, and it sometimes is very unfruitful. Uh, but uh, there's a guy, he's a senior out of Florida. His name is Kenneth, Kenneth Hendrick, and he's a drone hobbyist. And he's figured, why not put these drones to good use, finding missing animals? That's so awesome. We're going to get him on the phone. You, you've you scheduled a phone call for him? Yes, I have. Okay. I, so I tracked him down. You tracked and him? I did without a drone. Without a drone. <laughs> yeah. And this is kind of like Ace Ventura Pet Detective here. It yeah. is. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. It is. And I think he actually works with a pet detective agency, if I'm not mistaken. But we'll find out about it in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Uh, Lori, what are you working on over there? I've got some news for you out of Cincinnati on, uh, do you remember, I think back in January, the preemie baby hippo that was born? Oh, yes. I'll tell you how she's doing coming up. 
I'm glad she's still here. Yes. It's good news, yeah. right? Okay. I yeah, don't it's good news, news, yes. No bad news today. <laughs> no. no. Uh, let's go to the phones for Dr. Debbie right now. Toll-free, 1-866-405-8405, or ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. And let's go to Mike. Hey, Mike, how are you doing? Doing good. How are you? Very good. Where are you calling from today? I'm calling from Custard, South Dakota. Wow. Is it springy there? Yes, it is. Well, good. It's real nice out. I have Dr. Debbie here. What's going on with your animals? Well, we're just wondering. We just moved up here from Colorado and moved the two dogs, two cats, and the birdie. I've got a McCall and, uh, you know, introduced them to a new home and new outside their surroundings if there's anything we should be doing or watch for. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So how long have you been in the area now? Uh, two weeks today. Okay. All right. So you've already probably done some of this, what I would recommend. But the biggest thing when we move to a new home, no matter if it's across the, the, the country or across the city, is really just to make sure we have structure. Um, so setting up a schedule as well as um, showing our pets um, their environment and kind of their expectations of what they're going to encounter in their immediate environment. So for dogs, that means just, you know, leashing them and walking them around the house, the yard, the immediate area, things that they're going to need to be, know where their resources are. Where is the food? Where is the water? Where am I going to go to the bathroom? Um, and get accustomed to the sights, the sounds, and the smells associated with that. Because there may be different things going on in one environment that aren't going on in another. Things like trains, uh, you know, road noise, uh, animals, uh, things that we're going to need to get accustomed to. And it's best to do that when they're actually secure on a leash and under your, you know, control. Um, so for the dogs, that would be the big thing. And then just, I mentioned setting schedules, and that's just, you know, making sure, you know, uh, in the hustle and the bustle of moving and getting things unpacked, that we try to keep things somewhat scheduled for them. You know, mealtime is yeah. going to be at a set time. Uh, Playtime we'll try to have at a set time just to kind of keep the norm going because so they don't feel lost in the shuffle. Um, okay. The kitties, um, um, if, assuming if they're indoor kitties, it's usually when we first do a move, I like to keep their world a little small because it kind of helps them g- get comfortable before we give them bigger and bigger spaces. So that might mean letting them have a, a, a single bedroom, letting them get used to that before we give them the whole house. Yeah, that's um, well, they have their own room, and that's basically what we did. We put them in there, food, litter, you know, everything they needed, and just kind of kept the door closed for the first day and a half or so. Mm-hmm. and then yeah. open it up to where they can come out if they want. Exactly, and especially if there's a lot of moving about of furniture, boxes, and belongings, some of that can be more distressing. So it's better to kind of get the bulk of that kind of stuff done if you have sensitive pets or, you know, cats or, you know, the birds certainly might not appreciate seeing a bunch of <laughs> things being moved about that they're not used to. So it's really kind of setting the environment up and then kind of getting them more accustomed to uh, the, the new environment and uh, doing that in a calm manner. Mm-hmm. You know, for dogs and cats, I, I always do kind of like you can throw in some other natural things, um, pheromones. Um, you can even use diluted lavender oil um, in parts of the environment just to kind of help kind of give that calming uh, sensation for them. Um, those are some of the natural things you can try. But a lot of it is really just kind of being there, making sure that, you know, everything's safe and secure. And that's the other thing. So if you have fence lines, um, yards, things like that where you need to make sure the dogs are safe, they can't escape, you know, make sure right. any microchips or ID tags are updated with your new information because that's always a thing that kind of, oops, kind of gets forgotten until, you know, we have an accident. Right. now we got the new tags before we moved out of Colorado. 
Perfect. Perfect. Well, sounds like you've already got a good head start there. So uh, okay. hopefully all those babies will settle in well and uh, and find the move uh, agreeable for them. Did you ask them if they wanted to move? <laughs> no, unfortunately, they didn't get a vote on this one. <laughs> uh, it's this a democracy. This was our last move ever, so it didn't matter what they wanted. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for calling so much, and, and good luck with things. All right. Thanks. Toll-free 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to Dr. Debbie or to Joey Volani. Don't forget you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, Jim. You're on with Dr. Debbie. Hi, Dr. Debbie. Um, I appreciate you taking my call. Um, my wife had just called me. I'm at work, and she uh, says that she found five fleas on our dining room floor and one flea on our lab's head. Um, growing up, I knew that, you know, if there's one, there's probably a thousand. Uh, we use the frontline, uh, liquid that goes on the back of his shoulders. Yes. And, um, I thought that was supposed to, you know, keep them away, but what, if anything, is there a flea bath or something I can use until, you know, Monday? Now, as far as I'm, I'm assuming you're, you're concerned about the use of the spot on type product because of some of the reports that are out now. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess some of that we we still don't have the full information on what the EPA is is got and what their numbers are that they're looking at. The, the, the original cautions right now come with some general spot on products for flea and ticks, and there's a, a wide range of different brands out there that are listed thing that we can't distinguish, and that I, I would hate for people to panic too much right now because. Some of those reports might be as minimal as skin irritation because the manufacturers are traditionally bound to report those reports, if it, whether it's a skin reaction or a severe reaction, an allergic reaction, um, or what have you. So I don't know that we have all that full information yet on which ones we have to really worry about. I traditionally, I'm very comfortable with the frontline product. I use it here in my office, use it on my own dogs. Um, some of the problem with the flea tick products, um, and when it does cause a toxicity, there's a lot of causes of that. Um, improper usage, using it on the wrong animal, uh, wrong species, an unhealthy animal. So some of this we really got to look, step back a little bit and look at some of these claims and the concerns. Um, so right now I'm still using the front line on my dogs. I, I do not have a problem with that. I feel very comfortable, very safe about that. But you did ask about some alternatives for flea control. And if you're in a really heavy flea endemic area, it's tough because you do need to rely on some type of insecticide to help manage some of these problems. Um, but you can do things like, uh, you know, regular laundering of the pet's bedding and the, the materials that they sleep on. Flea combs are a great wonder, but you got a lot of work if you got to spend to drag that through your dog's hair coat. Um, yes. And then you can rely on some of the actual flea shampoos, but you, know, you got to keep in mind all of those products have a toxicity point. So if you're using collars and shampoos and spot-ons, it isn't hard to create a toxic um, uh, event for a pet. So you, you really need to be cautious with that. Um, what about the carpet? Seen... I, that's what I'm worried about is because it always becomes a vicious cycle when they get in the carpet. You know, you think you've treated the pet and you've treated mm-hmm. all these areas, but they're growing the eggs in the carpet. How do you get rid of that? Uh, you know, getting a good um, um, 
pest control uh, person is probably one of the ways. You can vacuum and vacuum and vacuum daily, um, making it important to change out your vacuum bag because those little critters will live and breed in the vacuum bag itself. So that's another um, remedy. You can try things like, you know, steam cleaning, you know, whether or not that actually kills them. It's probably more of a physical uh, dislodging of, of the eggs. Um, so those are things you can try in the home. Um, in some areas, they use foggers um, to treat the home environment. Um, and again, all of these products, we got to watch. There's a toxic point when we're adding all of these different things in. So it does mean to exercise some caution. And I would talk to your veterinarian about your pet. And as I mentioned, every animal is different. The worst thing you could do is take some type of flea and tick product from a dog and put it on a cat. They are very sensitive and they will develop problems more readily if you give them the wrong product that's intended for a dog. So make sure you make that decision with the, the work with your veterinarian there. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Okay, my pleasure, and thanks for the call. Very timely subject. We're hitting some really warm weather, so flea and tick concerns definitely on the forefront of our listeners, and thank you for the call. This is Dr. Debbie. Give us a call, 1-866-405-8405. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. This is Jane Lynch on Animal Radio. Please spay and neuter your animal. Spay or neuter. Let me say that again. You don't want to do both. Spay or neuter. Let me say it again. Can I do that? You can do whatever you want. Oh, God bless. I'm going to try it one more time. Hi, this is Jane Lynch on Animal Radio. Please spay or neuter your animal. I love it. You do so good early in the morning. I, my <laughs> I'm so caffeinated work. right now, can I tell you? I'm yeah. barely holding it together. Well, you're awesome. Dogs gotta go potty? Sometimes work, traffic, or bad weather get in the way. Introducing Brilliant Pad, the self-cleaning potty pad that automatically replaces a soiled pad with a clean, fresh one. Brilliant Pad seals in waste, locks away odor, and is hands-off for weeks at a time. Then disposal is fast, easy, and clean. Brilliant Pad gives you freedom and flexibility and improves hygiene for you and your dog. So spend less time cleaning and more time loving. Go to BrilliantPad.com today. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio. And it's no secret that the drone has made a, uh, well, it's just blown up blown up in the market. Everybody has one. Lots of kids have, have them. Uh, the military has them. They're you being used for all kinds of things. You don't. It's, yeah. it's funny. You see missing pet signs on the telephone poles. Now you're seeing, I'm seeing in my neighborhood, missing drones. People missing are losing, drone yes, signs. I saw that. Yes, oh, they're the losing street. their drones and posting a sign on the telephone pole. <laughs> missing drone. Well, speaking of lost pets and missing drones, I'm going to sort of do this. Uh, this is a, a smooth DJ segue that would have been even smoother if I didn't say anything or call attention <laughs> to it. Uh, but in a few minutes, we have a guy coming on the show. He finds missing pets using a drone. And he's a senior, is that correct? Yeah, I think he's a senior gentleman, and I don't know what came first. I don't know if he got the drone to find missing pets, or he had the drone and thought it would be a good idea to use it to find missing pets, because I guess you can cover a heck of a lot more territory than you can on foot or in a car. Apparently. Well, it's good use, being put to good use. Uh, So that's on the way in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. And we're also going to do a quick check of the news at the bottom of the hour. Miss Brooks, what do you have coming up? Oh, there's something that you should be aware of. There is um, a government agency that's part of the Department of Agriculture. 
And what they do, mm, not good for animals. Okay. Um, yeah. This we'll might explain. Act- okay, you look. You got some, a lot of explaining to do. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's Pretty on the way. severe story. We'll uh, check news right after this call. Toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Hey, Steve. How you doing? Good. How are you doing? Uh, pretty good. What's on your mind today? Oh, I need to get infamous wisdom on dog food. All right. Uh, What's your particular question there? Well, I started off, oh, about 100 years ago with Imes, <laughs> then went to Science Diet, then went to Purina Pro, then went to Nutro. Wow. Now trying to go to uh, Blue Buffalo. Okay. In the never-ending search for what is the best dog food? Oh, it's a nebulous question, isn't it? <laughs> and it's hard to give an accurate answer for just everybody. Well, tell me about what kind of pets you're feeding here. Uh, one's a 14-year-old Shepherd Husky, and the other is a 3-year-old Corgi Rat Terrier. Okay. And any kind of health conditions, problems that you're dealing with with these guys? Uh, other than a 14-year-old just being 14. And <laughs> just the usual kind of aches and pains and kind of the old dog type things. Yeah, unfortunately, I think probably next two or three weeks I'm going to have to put him down. Oh, golly. He's starting to get bad. But at 14, at 14, that's a, you know, anyone would say that's an amazing lifespan, especially a large breed dog. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking steak is what I'm thinking, and bacon <laughs> is what I'm thinking. What he's entitled to, yeah, at this point, definitely. <laughs> Definitely. So, as far as for the, what is the reason that you've kind of jumped around from brand to brand? Was it that the pets didn't accept it, didn't like it, or were you not happy with how they were doing on the food? Just always looking for better. Always looking for better. More, more nutritious, well, better ingredients. Yeah. Well, some of what you've mentioned were some, you know, very large. Um, companies that have a lot of sound nutrition and a lot of research behind their food. So I can't really find fault with with a a lot of the brands you mentioned. Um, It's really, for me, it's a matter of, first and foremost, um, what we try to feed and also what the pet likes and what they accept. Because no matter how good it is for you, if they don't eat it, then it's a waste of your money and effort. So um, that always plays a role in when I'm making a diet recommendation because every pet is different. And, you know, if we've got a little finicky poodle that will only eat semi-soft or canned food, um, that really kind of narrows the, the frame down. Now, if, you've go, if you're going more with a kibble-based diet, there's a lot of good brands that you mentioned there, and I don't really have qualms with many of those. Um, you know, Science Diet, IAMS, um, you know, all of those are, you know, at the top of the list. There's some other brands, and you mentioned Blue Buffalo, and, and that's a brand that a lot of people aren't familiar with, but I don't have any qualms with that. Um, Natural Balance, Royal Canin is another good one. Innova. I mean, there's a lot of brands out there. So I'm probably going to hold back saying that there's a single best food, um, but I would try to find what works good for your pet, what provides consistent stool quality, and hopefully, uh, if it's a better quality food, we see less poop, and that would be one of the big uh, goals that I would have for you. Okay. So and then, it's, good um, and safe to, it's good and safe to stay with Nutro? You know, yeah. I mean, we do have some concerns going on currently with uh, some of the food recall with the cats in Nutro. Um, as far as, but I think that's, um, it's still a good company, and a lot of these recalls that they're doing now are more a little bit. Pr- 
proactive rather than reactive versus what we went through a few years ago. Um, so I, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. And, um, you know, if, if your pets, if they like the kibble at Science Dad or IAMS or, um, you mentioned so many different ones, and it just, I don't change, uh, foods too much in, here in my office. So it's even hard for me to keep track of all those different foods as far as what they might have done for your pets. Um, but, uh, is, is there one or two that sticks out that, that you felt the pets did better with? Uh, Neutro. Neutro. Okay. Yeah. So if, if it's working, if it's working for you and it gives you good, consistent quality, then, um, yeah, absolutely. I, I wouldn't feel bad about that. Give that a shot. Let us know how it works there. I appreciate your time today. one 405 8405 Now, let me just make sure I have this straight because I maybe I just missed something here. This guy's dog. One is, of his dogs. It, one of his dogs mm-hmm. is a few weeks away from being euthanized, and he's wondering what kind of food to, to feed it. Is it. Well, he's, you know, what he should feed dogs in general, not just Judy, the one. Judy, in my last two weeks, uh-huh. make sure it's cheeseburgers. Okay. I'll make sure. You put it in your will. Nothing but cheeseburgers those last two weeks, Al. And cake and ice cream. Oh, that'd be on my, <laughs> my list. Mine, too. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. When's the best time to enjoy twisted tea? The hard iced tea brewed like a beer that tastes like real iced tea? Because it's made with real iced tea. Hanging out at the pool. Fishing with your buddy. Twisted tea hard iced tea tastes great anytime. Cool, refreshing, smooth, but with a kick. Twisted tea, real iced tea taste with a kick. Twisted Tea Brewing Company, Cincinnati, Ohio. Drink responsibly. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. Cat cafes are becoming all the rage. They've been popping up all over the country for the past several years, and Baltimore will soon get their own cat cafe, one of those you know, great special little spots where people can stop by and sip some coffee in the company of cats that are up for adoption. Now, if you didn't know this, Baltimore's nickname is Charm City. So the guy who's working to open up this place, his name is Cam Tucker. He's going to call it Charm Kitty Cafe. (laughs) Very close or very clever. And it's going to house at least seven cats at any given time. And those cats also get to roam free throughout the 1,150 square foot space until they're adopted. Tucker says that he visited cats uh, cafes also in uh, Colorado and Washington DC because he wanted to learn, you know, why they were successful or maybe why they failed. And now he says what is going to set Charm Kitty apart from cat cafes in other parts of the countries is its design. It's not going to be a full time cat cafe. Um, Charm Kitty will have uh, an office that runs in the daytime. 
like other occupants in there. Mm-hmm. So they will take reservations for evenings and weekends, but weekdays from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., the cafe will be open in home or office anyway to about 30 employees. Tucker has uh, had a pretty good time at this. He launched a Kickstarter campaign to raise $5,000 that was needed to, you know, kind of renovate things, new flooring, furniture, supplies. Uh, that goal was met in less than a day. And uh, since then, they have raised twice that much. So be watching soon for Charm Kitty Cafe to open sometime, they're saying, in the second half of this year. I want one in my city. Let's Wouldn't start that be one. fun. Yeah. It's a great idea. And you're the you're the cat guy. I am Al, the cat so guy. So you're the perfect one to do it. Yeah, they got that space down there next to the pet store. Wouldn't that be the perfect That'd place? That'd be the place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love your minds. Uh, not so much the government in this case. Every year, federal agents kill millions of animals all across the country, uh, including, uh, let's say, what was it, 154,943 in Washington State alone last year. Jeez. Uh, the agency that does this is uh, called the Wildlife Services, and it is part of the U.S. Department of Agriculture, uh, which for public and private sector clients will kill animals all over the country, but if they have to be like a public nuisance or something. So they kill ravens, uh, swans, doves, wolves, anything that is deemed a problem by the client. Uh, the agency made some big news you might have heard recently when a 14-year-old boy was injured and his three-year-old yellow lab named Casey was killed by a cyanide trap, of all things, that was set by Wildlife Services. It was intended to kill coyotes in Idaho. Now, the trap was spring-activated and, and smeared with bait, so, you know, it was something that was going to lure in something. Uh, the one that killed Casey, the lab, actually shot cyanide into Casey's mouth, as it was supposed to do, but it wasn't supposed to have gone off, you know, when a a pet touched it. The specific trap was set to control. They say it was predators they were after in an effort to limit livestock losses in the area. That's what the agency claims. So they were probably guessing trying to kill coyotes. In all, though, 15 pets were accidentally killed by wildlife services last year. But it also intentionally targeted and killed dozens of all kinds of species of wildlife, from bears and red foxes to cranes, a, a dozen different species of doves, and 415 gray wolves. But you know how it goes when, when accidents like this happen. It does draw attention and investigations. And uh, now we know that the agency uses everything from neck snares and foothold leg traps to even helicopters and guns, of course, to capture animals that they are hoping to kill. Your tax yeah. dollars at work. On a much happier note, I mean, I have you ever seen uh, baby large animals, elephants, hippos, you know, they are so cute. And we have some good news today for the Cincinnati Zoo's preemie baby hippo. Her name is Fiona, who they say is getting more independent now that she's gotten a little bigger. She now tops 100 pounds. That means, of course, that her days of napping on her human caretaker's laps will be ending soon. Fiona was born at the zoo in Cincinnati there in January, and she only weighed 29 pounds, which is tiny, tiny, far below the typical weight of a newborn hippo. Caretakers raising Fiona are now beginning to, because they have to, they have to scale back their time with her in a transition phase, phase rather, as they move toward eventually integrating her back into a group of hippos with her parents. 
So if you haven't seen the videos and photos of Fiona, they are gorgeous, adorable. Do yourself a favor and check her out. She is deliciously cute. And uh, we will post a video of her on the Animal Radio Facebook page. So in case you're wondering, after all this little hippo information, how much do you think a full-grown hippo weighs? Mm, A ton? Uh, A ton is what, 1,200 pounds? Dr. Debbie would know. 2,000 pounds. I don't know. I don't treat oh, hippos. How am I going to know how much they weigh? <laughs> <laughs> I, I Three thousand pounds. Wow. Okay. Ton and yeah. a half. Yeah. So you can imagine how tiny she was, weighing twenty nine pounds when she was born. But so cute, my God. <laughs> I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news whenever you need it, anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. Hi, friends. This is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. As you know, going to the vet can be a traumatic experience for your pet, but it doesn't have to be that way. In fact, vet visits can be something your pet looks forward to. Introducing Fear Free. When your veterinarian is Fear Free certified, you'll be assured your pet's vet visit is more free of fear, anxiety, and stress than ever before. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified, and it puts the treat into treatment. To find a certified Fear Free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com. Hi, this is Justin Tyler Ferguson from Modern Family. I'm on Animal Radio. Adopt a pet. And what do you say we go to Roland? Hey, Roland, how are you doing? Okay, thank you. Where are you calling from today? Uh, Reading, Pennsylvania. Beautiful Reading. What can we do for you? Well, I uh, have a little bit of a problem with my uh, with my dog. It's uh, she's four years old. She's a combination uh, poodle, Eskimo, and Golden Retriever. Wow. And That's the different. problem I'm having with her is uh, I can't get her to walk where I want to go. <laughs> I have to go where <laughs> she wants to go. Oh, okay. Now, let me give you some background, if you don't mind. About uh, six months ago, my doctors uh, asked me to go ahead and do some walking. So I found a a one-mile route that I started uh, taking. And at first, she was very willing to go with me. And I had her uh, uh, on a leash. And then about about two months later, she started hesitating. She didn't want to go where I wanted to go. So I would try hugging her a little bit, and she'd slip out of her collar. So I decided I'd get a harness. So I got a harness, and that helped for a while. Then all of a sudden, about, oh, I'd say maybe about two months ago, she's hesitating again. She doesn't want to go where I want to go. She, she wants to take me for a walk. Then mm. this particular month, she doesn't even want to leave the uh, driveway of the house. Hmm. Okay. And this kind of troubles me, Roland, because I'm going to say you've been to the doctor for your medical things. This really worries me because a change in behavior where a dog is reluctant to walk at all, Uh not just being mischievous and not just saying I have a mind of my own and I want to go somewhere else, but I don't want to get out of the yard and step out into the street and go to the park. That's not a normal behavior pattern from her previous. So that really has me concerned. So I would say first go to the vet and get her evaluated. Um, We can have all gamuts of different things that can be causing either pain, weakness, hormone problems. So that is really the the number one thing that I would encourage you to do. 
So if the doctor comes back and says, hey, everything's fine, I've checked her out, I did some blood work, there's nothing going on, this is a behavioral thing, then I would tell you that there's a couple things I would do. Um, You may want to look at getting a head harness. A what? A head harness. And this is... Um, kind of like the similar to what horses wear when they wear a bridle. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it's one method that we can use to direct a dog's movement without having to do big corrections or worry um, so much about yanking and pulling because it self-corrects them. They don't like their nose going in the wrong way. Right, so right. it gently corrects them just kind of using pressure points on their face. Oh, okay. So that's a good thing. Now, I have seen dogs slip out of those, however, so I do encourage if, she, if your dog is a, a little evasive, you may want to also have a secondary backup leash on your dog. But um, that will be one tool that you could use. The other thing is bribery. Bribery works with dogs. Well, I tried giving her a treat when she wouldn't move. She wouldn't take the treat. <laughs> well, that's a serious problem. And, and that kind of goes back to my first thought that, you know, this, this may be something of a medical uh-huh. need. But generally, if you pull out a treat, and, and if it's not the, the everyday treat, not the milk bone, it's not the treat that you have on the counter that right, she always right. gets. This is a special treat, right? Yeah, so it may be a little piece of cheese. It may, may be a little bite of uh, um, Braunschweiger. It may be something that's just really yummy and out of the norm. And then you use that and pair that with your command of come uh-huh. or heal, and then you reward her. And you may only do that for two minutes, and that's it. And then you go back to the house. And that would be a way to build on um, her doing the right thing with the right verbal command. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at one 405 8405 Dogs gotta go potty? Sometimes work, traffic, or bad weather get in the way. Introducing Brilliant Pad, the self-cleaning potty pad that automatically replaces a soiled pad with a clean, fresh one. Brilliant Pad seals in waste, locks away odor, and is hands-off for weeks at a time. Then disposal is fast, easy, and clean. Brilliant Pad gives you freedom and flexibility and improves hygiene for you and your dog. So spend less time cleaning and more time loving. Go to BrilliantPad.com today. Hi, this is Joy Behar on Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your pets. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. And we'll head back to those phones in just a couple of minutes. Here's the number, 1-866-405-8405. Uh, but first, want to visit with Ken, Kenneth Hendrick. And I, are we calling Florida? I believe we are. Hi, Kenneth. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Where are you in Florida? Uh, we're right near West Palm Beach. It's a little place called Waxahachie, Florida. It sounds like it's beautiful. Uh, it's Just, nice in the country. So now tell me, you are a drone aficionado, is that correct? That's correct. You, It's sort of a hobby for you, or is it a business for you? No, it's a hobby in a way. Uh, I purchased the drone strictly for looking for lost animals. Strictly for looking for lost animals. That is an ingenious idea, might I say. Well, some neighbors don't think so. (laughs) Oh, really? Well, we'll find out about that in just a couple of seconds. What made you come up with the idea to uh, do this? Well, there were a lot of places that uh, the people couldn't go when they're looking for the animals, and uh, I felt that maybe from the air 
we would cut down on the amount of time that people are spending up and down the streets looking for the animals and that we might be able to spot them a lot faster as well as scan the canals uh, to make sure that the dog or cat or whatever had not fallen into the canal. Hmm. So I wanted to ask, so have you have you used this and, and like how do you know where to begin and, and put the drone up and go after a, a, like a trail? The last place that the animal was seen is where we start. How do you implement it? I mean, are you uh, are you on Facebook or how do you tell people that you're doing this? We are on Facebook, and uh, the person that uh, has the the Facebook page is Gail Bass, and Gail started up what's called Loxahatchee Lost and Found Pets in 2012, and her and uh, Michelle French and Don Dabari are all in partnership there, and and they average about 85 to 90 animals per month that they recover. Well, how big is this town? Wow. Uh, It's about 19,000. So a town of 19,000 people loses about 95 animals a month, is that? Wow, that's a lot. Well, you have a lot of animals in the country. I mean, everybody's got dogs, two, three dogs, many cats. And uh, the other, we lost a a horse uh, not too long ago that if I had known that the horse was was loose at least a day before we found it was loose, uh, we could have saved the horse. Now, I would imagine this consumes a lot of time that you're you're viewing video, I guess, or how does that work? Uh, it's uh, The drone has a, uh, an HD video camera on it, okay. and when, when we launch it, it, the drone can stay up there for a half an hour, and then it has to come back and shove in another battery to go back up for another half hour. But the uh, we try and section off an area so we're not repeating our, our flights over the same area. And just keep searching there for the for the lost animal. What has your success rate been so far? Well, we we found quite a few. But the thing is, is not so much the drone. The drone can easily locate the animal. It's the girls that go out, and they they're the ones that really get should get so much credit because they go out and go through the woods. They uh, track up and down these roads through the canals. They do so much. All I have to do is just locate it, and that's easy. Do you charge for your services? No, no. And uh, we were called uh, by in Tampa uh, for us to go to fly over there and look for a cat. And so we, uh, she had a private jet come and pick us up and uh, take us over there to Tampa. And, wow! And uh, then flew us back. Did you find the cat? No, and uh, neither did the, uh, the detectives. That she also hired for with uh, the, the detective dogs uh-huh. that go out looking for cats. That's what they're trained for. Right. And there was no sighting of the cat, but there was plenty of raccoons and possums that were dead in the uh, surrounding area. We are with Kenneth Hendrick. His hobby is drones, and he has a, a drone that he looks for missing pets, lost pets using it. Uh, how do the neighbors feel about this? Well, uh, I've got a couple neighbors, and if I fly over their their property, they get a little upset because they think I'm intruding onto their their space. And actually, I'm not even looking at their property. I'm on their way out to look for something else. You know, it, it takes practice to uh, to fly a drone, and uh, it's and I have to practice to keep in shape. How far away can it go from you? Uh, approximately five miles. Yeah. Wow, that's a good. Good distance. Is there any licensing or permitting that you need? Yes, you need a pilot's license, and you also need the drone license. And you have a pilot's license? Yes, I do. 
This is uh, pretty incredible. I think what you're doing is amazing, and I, I hope that it, it starts a, a fan across America for looking for lost animals. I really hope it does, too, because I think there's a lot of animals that could be recovered that the, the gators and the, all these other animals are killing. And it's just like losing your kid. You lose your kid, uh, you, you're down in the dumps for a long time to come. Okay. Yeah, wow. Well, I thank you for visiting with us, and I encourage listeners to check out Lock. What is it? Lock it? Loxahatchee. Loxahatchee. And it's, pronounced, it's spelled exactly the way it's, it's pronounced the same way it's spelled. L-O-X-A-H-A-T-C-H-E-E. Lost and Found Pets. And they have about 11,000 members. And a Facebook page, and we'll put links to that all over at our website at animalradio.pet. Thank you, Kenneth, for joining us today. Oh, thank you. Well, once again, it has just flown by. It's time for me. I'm going to go out and get a drone now and go find missing pets. I think that's my calling. I think that just would be so awesome. I know we have so many animals in this neighborhood. People are always looking for their pets around here. Get me a drone. Yeah. Somebody get me a drone. <laughs> if you need a fix during the week, head on over to animalradio.pet or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. We'll catch you next week right here for more Animal Radio. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. See you next week. This is Animal Radio Network.